Thank you, everyone. Um, yeah, welcome to those that are joining us online uh, today as well. And yeah, I am looking forward to seeing what God wants to talk about today. So he's given me some hints. So hopefully he works along and, and we can uh, work this out. But it's always better when you have the power of the Holy Spirit uh, sharing what is on his heart. So, um, yeah, uh, we've been on a series called Kingdom Come. And I am on the last uh, message of that series. Uh, we'll be starting another one in December here. So um, today I, I want to talk a little bit into a little bit, um, you know, we are... Uh, we're born into a war. Now, a lot of you are like, what are you talking about? doesn't feel like a war. Seems pretty peaceful out here. But we've been born into a spiritual war uh, that we're sometimes not aware of. And uh, as many of you know, uh, these things are maybe sometimes we live in this world and we get distracted by it, but there is a real thing in the spiritual realm uh, that's coming against us. And if we're not aware of those things, uh, we can maybe start thinking that, uh, you know, there's just some bad things happening in our lives uh, that are taking us off course. And, uh, you know, as you know, uh, my little bit, a uh, little bit ringing. Okay. So, uh, so when we uh, gave our lives uh, to Christ, uh, we were uh, born again. We are a new creation in Him. And today I, I want to talk a little bit about the spiritual armor uh, that uh, Paul talks about, uh, the spiritual armor of God that helps protect us uh, in this uh, battle. How many of you know the enemy has been defeated, but his spiritual forces are still at work around us, and it is only uh, up to us to step into uh, what God has for us to be able to overcome these spiritual forces. So before we get going here, uh, could you join me in a prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, <clears throat> I pray that, uh, yeah, that you're here today, Father. Uh, we know that you're here, Father. You say as we're two or three are gathered, there you are amongst them, Father. So we just thank you for being here this morning, Father. We thank you for your uh, goodness and your grace, Lord. I pray that uh, you speak to each uh, heart that's here today, Father, uh, about what you have for them, Heavenly Father. And I pray that you give them a, a revelation of who you are and what you want to do in them and through them, Heavenly Father. So I just pray, give us uh, understanding this morning. Give us revelation. And I pray uh, that the power of your Holy Spirit uh, just lead and guide us in all things, Lord. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So... Our first scripture this morning comes from Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 13. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers uh, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. So I believe it is important uh, for us to understand uh, that there is an enemy. There's a real enemy that is, looks for ways to destroy us and destroy our family. 
And I believe that sometimes we get into a place where uh, we maybe get stuck. We get stuck in a rut. Uh, you know, the same thing, old thing happens. And, and a lot of times I, I believe that the enemy uh, will allow us to be in that rut. And you might not get a lot of opposition. There might be things that go on and wrong in your life. But if you are not doing anything for the kingdom, a lot of times maybe you're just, he allows you to just stay in that rut. That is the, that is the ultimate deception is us to stay in that rut and not move forward in our lives, to stay exactly where we're at, never grow, never move forward in our walk with God. And I can tell you, I've been in these particular situations myself, you know, where, you know, it seems like years have passed and you're stuck in a certain place. And after a while, you're like, man, I feel like a hamster just running on that wheel and just not getting absolutely anywhere. And I can tell you, God wants to break us out of that, uh, out of that uh, rat race. Uh, he wants to move us into a place of uh, victory, a place that we can grow in the power of his Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, he has, when you came to Christ... He filled you with the Holy Spirit. And that power of that Holy Spirit, uh, we have to work in cooperation with him so that he's able to flow through us and able to empower us to walk out what we're called to walk out. So today, um, the first, uh, so there's seven, uh, um, seven uh, pieces of armor that we're going to be talking about. And I'll try to go through there quickly because there's quite a bit there. Um, the first one is the belt of truth. It says in Ephesians 6, verse 14, So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. So personal integrity. Uh, this, is, this, is something that, uh, this is something that only you and God know. These are things that, uh, you know, when the boss is around, are you still working hard? Or is it only when, uh, when somebody sees you that you pick up your game? This is where, um, you know, you tell a little lie. It's not a big deal, right? Nobody knows, nobody hurt nobody, you know, no problem, right? But I can tell you who it is hurting. It's hurting you. Because we know deep down inside that that wasn't correct, that wasn't right. And these are things that allow, again, you're, op- you're leaving a-, a doorway open for the enemy to come in to accuse you of, you know, on what you did. So I don't know what that, what that thing is for you, uh, but I, I can tell you, you know, well, maybe a couple examples. It might be something you're watching on TV. Maybe uh, it's uh, where you're spending your time. Maybe it's uh, your thought process. Maybe, uh, you know, all these things. You might look fine on the outside, but on the inside, you know that all those things uh, are there and, and they're, the enemy is using them to, to uh, uh, beat you up about it. And how many of you know, as soon as you do something, so there's a temptation, okay, you go ahead and just do that. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. That's what the enemy says. And then as soon as you step forward and do it, he turns right around, comes around the other side and says, I can't believe you just did that. I just can't believe that you just went there. I can't believe, you know. So I'm not here to, to tell you that today, and I hope you come from a baseline of uh, God has forgiven us, right? And it is only up to us to come to him again and ask for forgiveness. And he is faithful to forgive us. 
if we are repentant. And repentance means we turn away from that sin, right? We don't say sorry and then continue along in it. We say, sorry, God, I'm, forgive me. I, I, I did not mean to do that. And we turn and walk away. So we need to be in a place of repentance. And uh, the next one uh, for the belt of, uh, of truth is moral courage. And I believe this is, uh, this is a place that, that as we walk along, we see things in our world that are wrong. And we have to be strong enough to actually stand for what is right and what is wrong. We have to stand against those things, right? And so... I mean, there's a, there's a time and place. I mean, you, you know, maybe you're not, uh, you know, you, you have to sense that. And I think God leads us in that to, to know where we need to stand and where, where, you know, sometimes you just let things go or whatever, or you, you maybe wait for a better time to, to approach somebody about it. But, you know, um, and I just want to kind of remind, this is not a place where we, uh, you know, we can blast somebody without love. I think all things need to be done in love. But I can tell you, it is not love to go along with the world and, and go along with what they're saying is right and so de- helping deceive those that are receiving that message, right? We need to be... Now, I was just wondering how you, how you say this. Because th- we can slip right away into uh, judgmentalness. We can slip into a place where we're not loving towards others. Uh, but I, I just want to encourage you, everything has to, be, has to be out of love for the other person. And it is just not loving to allow somebody to go in the wrong direction only to find out when they stand before God that that was not his best for them. That was not where God had them. They had, he had, they had opportunity, but they lost that opportunity because people were willing to lie to them about where they were going, right? Number two is uh, a breastplate of righteousness. In Ephesians 4, uh, I've kind of split the, um, the verses up because they have two spiritual armors in each one. So this is Ephesians 6, uh, verse 14. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart. Now, righteousness, uh, as you know, is, is something that is given to us. Righteousness is what Jesus did for us on the cross. We are justified and we are righteous in him. There is nothing in us that we can do to earn that righteousness. We can never work ourselves out of the debt that we have. But we can simply say, I accept your righteousness, Lord. I accept what you did for us on the cross. I accept what, and, and the way God sees us, he sees us as righteous when we accept him and what he did, his sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. So the, uh, the breastplate uh, was, is, a, is, is an important piece. It protects the entire, uh, the vital organs of the body, uh, your heart. And how many of you know, it says in the Word over and over again, watch what you put into your heart. Watch what you put into your heart. And I believe uh, the righteousness that we put over us is supposed to protect us from what we put into our hearts, right? So it is uh, for us to stand um, 
uh, I think with an upright heart, like it said, with an upright heart, we need to, hey, I, I'm not watching that thing because that's putting the wrong stuff into my heart, right? In Isaiah 61, verse 10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My, so- my soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with a garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress. And uh, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. So God has clothed us with uh, salvation. He has covered us with a robe of righteousness. And, uh, and this is a, I think this is an important one. I, I think I, I hear a lot of people... Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, going back to, again, you know, I didn't do this right. I don't do this right. We have to be careful because we have to understand where we're coming. This is a free gift of God. And that free gift, we need to just accept it and put it on us, that we understand that we are righteous. And we're starting from, not from a place of a deficit, but we are starting up at a place uh, on the positive uh, with what God has done for us, Right? So we have to have a godly, godly character. We have to have the right relationship with him. And this right relationship is something that affirms that righteousness in us. It affirms because we have an internally, we long for him. We long for a personal walk and a personal relationship with him. And so uh, when we, uh, it says in the word, and it says it, uh, there's a number of scriptures. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, I'm always tempted to do it because, uh, you know, the word is so good and it just, you know, it says it a lot better than I can say it, uh, right? So, but, <laughs> but uh, the word says, abide in me and I will abide in you. So God's promise is there. He will abide in us if we abide in him. But it has a step for us. We have to take a step towards him and abide in him. If we don't abide in him and we abide in the world... Can he, can he speak to us? No, because we, we're, we have these lies on us. And so, yes, he can break through sometimes on those things. But I believe there is a lot to that particular point. We need to abide in him, and he will abide in us. And there's a beautiful picture in John 15, 5, where uh, Jesus talks about the, the vine. And he talks about, uh, you know, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. And the picture is... If the vine, can the vine in itself, does it have any value? If it is separated from the vine, it, can no, it cannot survive. It needs its nourishment. It needs everything from the vine itself. So the branch has nothing in itself. So the, vi- the branch is only valuable when he is connected to the vine, and the vine is able to pour uh, its sap into it so it can produce fruit, Right? So number three, uh, shoes of the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6, verse 15, it says, And having strapped on the feet, uh, have, okay, let me start again. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and true readiness uh, produced by the good news. And... There was a, just a middle note. Uh, I found it kind of interesting. It just said uh, that Roman soldiers used to have uh, hobble nails uh, nailed at the bottom of their sandals so that they could be firm-footed in a place of battle. 
And this is uh, what this picture is talking about. Uh, You have a firm-footedness in in the gospel. And and how many do you know we need to share the good news of what Jesus has done? Uh, Jesus came. He did. He already died for us so that we could go out and proclaim the good news. And we had a, just a beautiful um, scripture this morning that we kind of read in our prayer time here. We are here to set the captives free. Here to proclaim the good news of the Lord, the year of favor. That is us. We are here. We have good news. And I think there is a real, there's a real um, say barrier. There's a real uh, stronghold maybe on this particular part. Because how many of you do we share the gospel on a consistent basis? Because if we truly believe what the word of God says, we would share the good news of what, what God has done. The good news is not just for you and for your freedom. There is people out there that are bound up. There's people out there that are demo- demonically oppressed. And they're looking for some good news. They're looking for, for somebody to tell them that there is an answer to what they're dealing with every single day. And so we, and uh, this is one, it's one thing to know about the good news. It's another thing to actually share the good news. Now, sharing the good news, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this. Uh, I've had it with my girls. They, They ask you a question. They ask you a question about God and this and that. And you're trying to, you know it, but you try to, okay, how do I explain this, right? So the thing of it is, there's some practice involved when we share the good news. There's some practice involved uh, when we need to actually talk about what God has done for us. And the, the best way to do that is just purely talk about what God has done in your own life. Talk from a place of experience. Because this is a place that's easy, right? Because he did it for you. He, he came into your life. This is what he did. He freed me from this. He gave me power over this. I was able to walk in freedom after this, right? That is essentially the good news. And then, you know, we can go beyond that, of course, as we get into the Word of God and we learn about more and more about what God has really done for us. Because sometimes we have just a small understanding of what He did. He did so much more. He empowered us. We have the power to walk in such absolute freedom. Uh, you know, I had... Um, yeah, it, it, is, it is a powerful thing, and, and, and trust me, uh, myself as well, uh, you underestimate what he has done for you. You underestimate the power that he's empowered you with to walk in freedom. We so underestimate it, it is not even funny. Our identity has been covered by multiple layers of, of the world and of the lies of the world and so on. And we need to break free. We need to free, start, stop feeding ourselves on the world and see what actually feed ourselves on the word of God to see where, who we are, right? So number four, shield of faith. In Ephesians 6 verse 16, it says, Above, above all, lift up uh, the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flame the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the, again, uh, the Roman soldiers, the way it used to be, they, they would have a large shield. The shield would protect their entire body. It was The outer ring of it was steel, and it would be covered in multiple layers of leather. And they would soak uh, the shield before they would go into battle. And the purpose of this was so that 
uh, as they go into battle, uh, when the enemy is shooting uh, flaming arrows, uh, it would actually put the flaming arrows out as it, as it hit the shield itself. And so you can kind of just get a beautiful picture there, right? We, we soak ourselves in the word of God, and as, as the arrows, as the enemy's arrows come to us, we have the shield, and that shield is able to protect us. It's able to uh, immediately extinguish uh, what the enemy is throwing at us, right? So this is large shield that we take into battle, and we can extinguish his arrows. So, so we, this is, uh, you know, it is a symbol uh, of a bold, uh, uh, bold, bold uh, claim God, to, uh, to God's promises, right? So we boldly go into the battle, right? And we boldly claim the promises that he has over our lives, uh, the promises that he put uh, before us. And I think uh, we need to consistently, consistently feed on the word of God. And you'll probably hear me repeat this a few times today, so... Just bear with me. But feed on the word of God because he has proclaimed promises there that will act as the shield. Act as that shield that puts out the darts. When his thoughts come into your mind, you're not worthy. You're condemned. All these things. Immediately, no, I'm not condemned. I'm righteous. Right? So we, we, we need to immediately pop up. No, that's, that thought is, boom, gone. And after a while, it becomes second nature and those thoughts don't even have a time to uh, get a grip in your mind, right? So, number five, the helmet of salvation. Ephesians six seventeen it says, and take the helmet of salvation. So, the helmet of salvation is renewing our mind. It is uh, about continually uh, getting, again, I'm talking about the Word, continually getting into the Word of God, continually feeding on what it says about you continually instead of the world. Now, we have to sometimes choose the two, right? So sometimes we're feeding on the world. We need to stop feeding on that, and we need to actually start feeding on the Word of God. Because if you, you know, uh, I forget what what was the the stat, that uh, people work, I think, watch about 10 hours of television or screen time a day on average. So tell me, do you spend 10 hours a day on the Word of God? Sometimes we're like, wow, I did pretty good, half an hour, you know, good. Well, you, you just think about how, how much we consume, how much we consume of the world. And they might be innocent shows, but it shows you the way of the world. It shows you the way. Yes, there's good Christian movies that have value, absolutely, that would be good. But a lot of times we're watching just soap operas and so on that the world has created. It's not believing people that are behind it. And what are they doing? Do they have the word of God in mind? No, they have the world in mind. So we need to stop feeding on the word, uh, on the world, and start, start feeding on the word of God. It says in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to, the wor- to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What is good and acceptable and perfect? Isn't that cool? And you know, a lot of questions I have, and these are the questions I ask myself too, it says, what is the will of God for my life? You ever ask that question? Well, it says right here, uh, we need to uh, renew our mind in the word 
and then automatically God's will comes into our mind. Automatically we start seeing what his purpose for our lives is, right? It is, it is just a, a flawless uh, thing that happens, right? And then all of a sudden we know what's good and acceptable and perfect, right? That just comes naturally. So we need to... So in this, the, the helmet of salvation, yeah, it is a continuous understanding also of, of uh, you know, being firm in our salvation and who we are. And that happens through the renewing of your mind. So number six, the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 17 um, says, The word of the Spirit, which is the, uh, which is the word of God. So the word of God uh, is uh, our offensive weapon against the enemy. And again, we're talking about the word of God, knowing the word of God. And I think, uh, uh, you know, we've seen um, what Jesus did for, uh, with Jesus in, in the desert. When Jesus went to get, be tempted in the desert, the, the devil came and he tempted Jesus. But what did he do? He, he knew how to quote scripture, just so you guys know. The devil knows scripture. But he twisted just a, just a little bit. And if, you're, if you don't know your word, sometimes I think he can lead us off course because we don't understand exactly the right word. But Jesus continually came back to him, no, this is what the word of God says, right? And he was able to rebuttal him just by the word of God. So you have to be careful. The enemy knows how to trip us up. And if we don't know the word of God, if we're not spending our time in it, uh, he can deceive us through that. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So the word of God has divine power to destroy strongholds. Because the word is spirit, Right? And as you put that word of God in you, uh, when you get into that heat of battle, uh, the scriptures start coming to your mind. And God says, here, this is what I said in my word. This is uh, the power that you have. And you're able to combat that lie immediately with the word of God. And you're able to blast that down. And you can see it sometimes in people. No, the word of God says you are free because of this. This is where the, what the word of God says about that, right? So we need to know the word of God. We need to use it as, um, as a weapon to destroy uh, the strongholds of the enemy. Um, it says, uh, I just had written this down. I thought it was a, um, a good word. Uh, to abandon the attitude of Christ and to the apostles toward the God's inspired word is to deny its power. To expose evil, to correct, to save, to heal, to drive out demons. And to overcome evil, to deny, uh, is to deny scripture. So it, it's coming from a place of, and I've seen this lately, uh, in a few places it's popped up in our lives with people that we know. And it's again, what, what I'm talking about is the word, uh, somebody twist the word just a bit. And, and we have people... Uh, I heard Andrew, Andrew Wolpmack said this, that uh, if you don't believe the word of God is the infallible word, uh, you cannot be a disciple of his. 
Because how do you distinguish what is true and what is not true? We need to firmly stand on the word of God. And we need to make sure that we are not taking what somebody interpreted. Oh, this is how I see the word. And we again go to his glasses of how he sees the word. And we look to to the word through their lenses. We have to be very careful. The word of God can explain itself. The Holy Spirit that's in you is able to give you revelation and understanding about what the Word of God says. So be very careful about when somebody tries to twist a word, uh, and it's supposed to, no, it's actually saying this, and it's going completely contrary to what the entire Word of God says, right? So it's not, we pick, don't just pick little pieces. We look at the entire scope of the Word of God and the consistency about what God says in His Word, right? So the word, uh, the sword of the spirit, is also I think the, it's it's proclaiming on who we are. Um, this is a I, I wrote this down. I thought that was pretty powerful. Uh, there was no author on it, but I uh, it is uh, the truth of God's word. It says, "This is who I am. I am a soldier in Christ's army. I am born again, spirit-filled child of the living God. The devil cannot stop me. Hell cannot defeat me." The grave cannot uh, contain me, and the enemy will not silence me. My life was paid for with the blood of Jesus, which makes me valuable. I am royal. I'm eternal. I'm redeemed. I may fall down, but I won't quit. I may be weak, but he is strong. The weapons may be formed, but they won't prosper. I am a warrior. I am a victor. I am a child of God. We need to see truly who we are. And in that one scripture, and in that one word, that sums up, there's lots of scripture that falls behind that, but that is who you are. And we need to be reminded of who we are. God, God showed me a, a picture, a, a brief glimpse of how he, how, I guess, who I am in the spirit uh, he just showed me a picture, and all I could see in my face was just um, an absolute confidence. Such a confidence in God that I could not, you know, it, it, was, it was beautiful. But I did not falter. I did not waver. I was able to step forward and without any fear uh, before me. I did not consider anything that was before me. Uh, as I've seen the enemies before me, I did not consider them as, uh, as even foes. I was able to step forward because I was so confident in who he was. I was able to step through that. And I think we need to have, you need to look into scripture and see how God sees you and what he has done for you. Because we need to live in that reality uh, of that absolute freedom uh, that he has, uh, has paid for already, right? So, yes, continue to speak God's word over our lives. Um, 2, Corinthians, uh, 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 says, We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted, proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought, uh, purpose, captive to the obedience of Christ. So every single thought that flows into your mind, into your heart, needs to be taken captive and needs to be brought into submission to Christ and to his cross, what he has done for, for us, right? 
So number seven, prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 20, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray with a specific request at all times, on every occasion, and in every season, in the Spirit, and with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people, and pray for me that the words may be given to me when I open my mouth, to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation, for which I am an ambassador in chains. And I pray that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. Man, doesn't that just highlight how uh, I know I feel it for myself. I'm not, I'm not in prayer enough uh, for, for God's people. There's a, like I said, there's a spiritual battle going on uh, that we face on a consistent basis. And the pastors uh, of our church and, and so many people, they face this battle every single day. And we as a people, we need to continue to lift up our leaders in authority. We need to lift them up that they are able to fight through these spiritual battles that are coming at them, right? I've tried to do this on a more consistent basis. And, and the way I, I'm consistently doing this, and I, I know not everybody believes uh, or thinks that maybe this is a, a gift, but the spiritual tongues is a powerful way to pray. Spiritual tongue is a, is, a, is a powerful way to speak. Uh, it says that you edify yourself in the spirit. There is something that happens when we do this, and, and, and it, it lifts us up into uh, God's presence, right? God uh, has created multiple avenues, right, uh, for us to come before him, to lift people up to him. So we need to continue to stay in, uh, in prayer uh, for those around us and not pray in a place of defeat. I think uh, sometimes it is maybe just proclaiming his word over your life, right? Proclaiming what he has done already and proclaiming those words over those that uh, you're maybe praying for. I've had it many times, and, and this is maybe just a, a thing to maybe just watch for. When God brings somebody into your mind, most of the time, it's somebody that you need to lift up in prayer. Because there is something maybe happening in a particular situation in their lives right at that moment. They desperately need your prayer. They need your uh, uh, encouragement, right? God has, uh, he has put power in our prayers to move things in the spiritual realm. And we need to recognize that. We need to actually uh, follow that. So when somebody comes into your mind, make sure that you are praying with them. And, you know, the other thing is when, when somebody, uh, you're talking to somebody and, uh, you know, they're struggling with something, you, you know how it always is. You say, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, I, so I honestly, I always do try to pray, but, you know, you can forget. You can, this and this happens. I just say, pray for them right there and then. Pray for them. Claim the word over them. Smith Wigglesworth says, The resurrected Christ is there for you. Trust his presence. Trust his power. Trust his provision. He is alive for you. He is alive for you. So, um, as we kind of draw towards the end here, I uh, just want to say, First uh, Peter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times, that the enemy of yours, the devil 
prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. God is continually circling around. And I believe that these spiritual uh, armor is a way for us to protect ourselves in, in where we are, not allowing a foothold for the enemy to, to come in and, and start destroying. He is always there to destroy. He's always there looking for somebody to devour, right? So you need to make sure that you, uh, and this is something me and Yolanda have been talking about uh, quite often, okay, you know, need to make sure, okay, we'll, uh, pray over certain things and so on so that we are making sure we're staying in the right place so that he, we don't allow a foothold for him to come back in and try it. And trust me, he tries. You can see it. When you start recognizing it, you actually start seeing him circling. You start seeing all of a sudden, oh, where's that coming from? Oh, okay, yeah, he's trying to get in from that side, right? And so you need to, by the word of God, you can uh, reject that. So just a review this morning a little bit. The armor of God. Uh, is the belt of truth, personal integrity, and moral courage. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. I need to be fully confident in what Jesus did for us on the cross. Uh, The gospel of peace. We need to share the good news of what Jesus has done. The shield of faith. We need to have faith in what the word says about us and what he has done. The helmet of salvation. We need to continue to renew our mind in, in the word of God. And the sword of the Spirit, uh, speaking uh, the word over our lives and over the people that are family and friends. Uh, praying, praying continually over those that are in leadership, over those that are in, uh, in positions of, uh, of authority. And uh, praying for your family and friends, continually. So Ephesians uh, 3, I'll finish this off with this. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Did you hear that? He can do far, far more than we can imagine or think. We, our minds are so limited to what we, what what God wants to do. If you're asking something, I can guarantee you, he had bigger plans for you. He had something more planned for you. And so we need to come boldly before his throne room, and we need to put our request before him, right? Uh, ask him to pour through us. Ask him to empower us to do what he's called us to do. So, okay. So uh, would you join me in a prayer this morning? And I want to start before when we start our prayer this morning. I want to uh, actually uh, maybe just ask those uh, that are here today that maybe haven't heard the um, haven't accepted Jesus as Lord, I want to lead them uh, through a prayer right now to accept him. So if you are in a place that you have not accepted him as Lord and Savior, uh, just I step forward, uh, repeat this prayer uh, with me. So join everybody join me in prayer. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you that you are here, Lord. So I just pray uh, for those that are maybe here today that uh, are needing uh, to accept you as Lord and Savior. I just ask, repeat after me. God, please forgive me for all that I have done wrong. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to set me free. I want, to be my, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. From now on, I am following you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, so I can have the power to change for the rest of my life. 
Amen and amen. So I just thank you for those that uh, accepted you, Lord God. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, that, uh, that you uh, encourage them, you strengthen them, Father. And even to those that maybe just silently said it, Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit uh, be there uh, guiding them and directing them, Father. I just pray for the rest of us, Heavenly Father, as we're all in this service here, Father. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit uh, just draw us near to yourself, Lord. Give us a hunger and a thirst that is not quenched by this world or what it offers, Heavenly Father. May it only be quenched by your word. May it only be quenched by your presence, Lord, and by your power. So I just pray, Lord, that we uh, truly understand, truly that we uh, start understanding what the power that you have made available for us, Heavenly Father. I pray uh, today that you break the bonds of those that are here those that are struggling with things, to know that you have broken that that chain, Lord God. That you have brought freedom. You have proclaimed freedom over the captives, Lord. So I just pray, Heavenly Father, for your freedom. I pray for your courage. I pray for your strength, Lord, to just step forward and to break out of that rut this morning, Lord God. So I just thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace, Lord. And as we continue to bow our heads... And close our eyes. I just ask, is there anybody here that accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning? You put up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. For those that uh, put up their hand, uh, or they said it uh, maybe and they didn't put up their hand, uh, we have a, a, a packet for you. If you go, see, go to our connections desk, we'd be happy to get that to you. So, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.